Today on the Wind Chill Factor Podcast, we'll take a look at some off-season moves that Brandon Bean has helped facilitate. We'll take a look at some of the roster moves that the Bills have had to do in order to make other things happen. We'll also take an in-depth look at the AFC East rivals and their particular quarterback situations. All that and more next on the Wind Chill Factor Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Wind Show Factor Podcast. I'm your host, Justice Rafford, and this is Built in Buffalo. Today, we're going to jump right in. I just wanted to talk about, you know, a couple of the signings that the Bills have done, courtesy to General Manager Brandon Bean. Seems like he's working some magic this offseason. He was able to sign Feliciano, Daryl Williams, who's able to re-sign Matt Milano, uh, Micah Hyde got a, a you know, a, a extension. Um, you know, a lot of things that didn't really seem like they were possible. You know, a lot of people had a couple, if not all of these players leaving a free agency and going and finding other opportunities elsewhere. But uh, with this particular free agency, it's a little more opportunistic to get some guys at a discount value, discount prices, at least. And um, it's, it'll be interesting to see what free agency looks like, but uh, there won't be too many of our guys, you know, left out there in free agency. Um, so, yeah, like I said, uh, John Feliciano got signed today and that deal was favorable, you know, for the Bills. Um, three years and up to 17 million, uh, I believe it was uh, not bad. You know, obviously you would still I'd still pr- would, would like to see, you know, a high draft pick second round, third round, you know, guy, you know, maybe come and compete for the starting guard position and maybe alternate with John Feliciano um, and, you know, maybe let him mentor him a little. Um, But jury's out on that. Uh, We're still waiting to see what happens. Um, You know, these signings were, were able to happen because you got guys like Vernon Butler Jr., uh, Mitchell, Mitch Morris, excuse me, Mario Addison, you know, guys are t- taking pay cuts and trying to do what they can to not only stay on this roster, but to help this roster thrive and move forward. Those are huge moves, not only from those players, but from Brandon Bean as well, you know, uh, you know, taking guys and, you know, making their contracts like, you know, for instance, the high contract, you know, the extension, uh, you know, uh, Unfortunately, you had to cut guys like John Brown and Quinn Jefferson, but, you know, they made room. And, you know, with this this salary cap, they strapped for cash this year with, with COVID because there weren't, you know, fans in the seats. So the revenue of the NFL was down and that led and it directly affected the NFL salary cap. And that's kind of, you know, where some people are, you know, a lot of people were crippled uh, because of this and. Um, it's actually pretty interesting. It's it's going to be some GMs aren't going to make it because of this. There's going to be some GMs who didn't necessarily predict the market and, and how it was going to happen um, with COVID. And they didn't think that the, the down year as far as revenue was going to happen or I don't know. You know what I mean? So they didn't predict it. They didn't see it coming. So maybe they made some, Brandon Mean even said he made some moves 
based on what they thought the market was going to do, which was increase like it had done every year um, prior to that. But uh, he said he would have done some things differently, but he was able to, you know, fix some things and, and bring back most of our starters. I think there's like three starters that aren't scheduled to come back right now. That might be John Brown, Isaiah, you know, John Brown, Levi Wallace, uh, somebody else. I can't think of it off the top, but, uh, you know, so, you know, he's bringing back guys and John Brown still could come back. You know, Isaiah McKenzie still could come back. Those guys are still eligible. You know, it sees it like, you know, the free agency period is not over. They could very well come back to the team. Um, I don't know if they will. I honestly don't know how much money we have left because that's uh, <laughs> all that signing. Uh, I can't imagine that we, we have like a ton of money to go out and spend on a free agent. But uh, as I alluded to before, there's going to be a lot of premium talent for a discount this year. You know, they're going to have some great position players taking pay cuts on um, one and two year deals because you have to wait for the market to, to reset and, you know, to correct itself as far as the, you know, salary cap goes. So they, you know, have to take pay cuts for these next one or two years and uh, because they don't really have any other option. The money that they command would typically command uh, on a regular basis that money is not there to be had. And that money is going to go to the premium players, the marquee players, the big name players, the players with all pros and, you know, pro bowls. Those players are going to be the ones to get the big money. And then, you know, uh, the, the next up, those next level guys who could typically uh, find the right team that will give them a, a superstar contract, even though they don't maybe not necessarily deserve it. But because it's based on their potential and they're next up after the elite guys, you know, they, they are used to getting big money and cashing out, but that's probably not going to happen this year. Kind of like, uh, Shaq Lawson, perfect example. I think he got, well, some crate like three years, 30 million or something like that. He, he's not getting that in a uh, free agency this year. If he, if he came out this year, that wouldn't be a possibility for him. He's not that he's not good, but he wouldn't command that much that they, you know, that's going to be reserved for top end guys. Now, speaking of, he actually got traded today to the Houston, Texas. I don't know how, how great he feels about that, uh, especially with Deshaun Watson on the way out. But yeah, uh, premium talent might come cheap this year. And I'm looking at Bean, you know, Bean did a great job at, you know, retaining a lot of our talent for an AFC championship team. But got to remember what happened. You know, we, we need to beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs are those guys, you know, most of the time, whenever a team, you know, division rivals, you know, they, they build their teams around trying to beat their division rivals, you know, they and but that's not the case for the Bills anymore because the Bills are the top dogs now. The division rivals have to make their case so that they can beat us. They have to build their rosters and their team around beating us now. Well, who we need to focus on beating now is the Chiefs because the Chiefs are far and away the best team in the AFC and it's not close. 
that they proved that in the AFC Championship game. You know, we got outclassed on both sides of the ball. But that being said, as far as having the 30th overall pick, what do you have to improve on? Well, pass rushing, you're middle of the pack. You need a, you need a, a dominant pass rush to go after and go get. I don't think you're going to find that at 30 in a draft. And quite honestly, I don't know if you want a rookie coming in, you know, not necessarily knowing uh, the game too well. Um, you know, because this is, a, like I said, an AFC championship team. So you put a rookie and you expect them to come in and, and be this, you know, dominant force in the NFL. It may not necessarily pan out. You know, that's a really big risk, especially if you're expecting that from a second or a third rounder or even a late first rounder. You know, if you have Chase Young or, you know, Nick Bosa or, you know, coming out, then OK, I understand. But I don't think there's too many prospects like that out of this draft, especially not going to fall to us. So I would like to see you go get a, a, a veteran guy. Um, if Carl Lawson is at all possible, uh, I would love to see that happen. Um, you know, Carl Lawson, Yannick Ngakwe, uh, Melvin Ingram, I think is out there. There's, there's some there's some guys, you know, there's some guys who could really make this team better. And I would love to see being, you know, be able to swing one of these guys for cheap. Because I think that he can do it. Um, you know, I always say I get being the benefit of the doubt. And time after time, he keeps proving me right uh, as to why I give it to him. You know, being is quite literally a magician. <laughs> so it, it's, it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how he maneuvers free agency this year. What's another weakness we have? Cornerback two. We do need to adjust the cornerback two position. Like I said, Levi Wallace is a restricted free agent. So we don't know if he'll be back. Uh, I can't see. I don't know. Levi's not going to sign for big money. Uh, Not with the bills, at least. You know, if he wants to cash out and because I think statistically he had a pretty decent season. Uh, I think that us Bills fans who watch him every week kind of knows that, you know, sometimes he can be vilified or, you know, he can be um victimized rather and you know quarter great quarterbacks are going to go after him they're not going to go after trey you know they're either going to find their tight end in our weak spot which is you know we're defending the tight end over the middle or they're going to attack levi wallace um and he's, he's shown to be vulnerable to that uh, a lot of times so i don't necessarily know how that'll go uh maybe he resigns maybe he doesn't but whether he does or not, um, I don't know if you want to take a guy at 30 there, you know, that I could possibly see in, if I could possibly see a, you know, late first round cornerback, uh, maybe he, you got him graded a bit higher than where he fell, you know, uh, maybe a good talent can fall to us, uh, Sante Samuel Jr., Looks pretty good, you know, after Antoine Whitfield Jr. looks so good. I know they're completely different players, but you know those juniors, <laughs> they're not they're not looking bad. But if one of those guys were to fall to us, I could see you definitely picking up a cornerback at 30. I however I would prefer if you got 
uh, you know, a veteran out there too. Uh, I think that we're very, very young at the, the defensive back position or the cornerback position, at least. Uh, we have some veteran safeties and obviously Tredavious uh, White, but I would love to see us go out and get a veteran presence for the, the cornerback two position. Someone who, uh, you know, knows knows the game of football really well, can defend their zone really, really well because we play zone a lot. Um, you know, and who can hold up in man? You know what I mean? Who can who can you know hold down their side of the field? You know, uh, you know, just give quarterbacks a harder time. You know, especially since we don't necessarily have the greatest pass rush. Um, you know, give our, our our defensive line a little bit more time to get there to the quarterback. And, you know, maybe they can make some plays. And that's how you first force turnovers. So I could see them addressing the cornerback position in the draft. I could see them addressing in free agency. I personally would prefer to address it in free agency. I don't think that we need young guys out there. Uh, we have Dane Jackson. I like I think he can, he's going to develop into something pretty good, if not great. I like Teron Johnson. A lot of people are high on him. I personally think that if you're, you know, as clutch as he is, then, uh, like, look at Malcolm Butler, you know, remember he had that clutch play in the Super Bowl, and then the next season, for some, whatever reason, he was like a star cornerback, (laughs) you know, so I think that confidence is a big thing, and I think that he'll take that with him in training camp going forward, and, uh, and hopefully he can become a better cornerback for it. Um... What's another weakness we have? Uh, if you look at if you look at how we play the 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 um, how we played the Chiefs, they their defensive line was better than our offensive line, uh, and their offensive line was better than our defensive line. We lost in the trenches, which is actually our offensive line. Our defensive line wasn't bad. It's just that Pat Mahomes just kept avoiding you know pressure. He kept avoiding pressure and making plays. Uh, which is what we're typically used to Josh doing, but when the defense is holding your wide receivers and not necessarily getting called for it, it's, it's a little hard to make plays, but I digress. Um, we need we need help tackling. Uh, you know, so our guys are going to have to get better at that. Uh, we also need more playmaking, in my opinion, especially you lose a guy like John Brown, uh, Gabe Davis, you know, can step up and he can definitely, I think he, I don't know if he can step up and fill the productivity that a healthy John Brown gives you because I think a healthy John Brown is a thousand yard receiver this year. Um, you know, he missed five games and he had nagging injuries, but he made some great plays for us. He made some big plays for us. Um, Gabe Davis did too as well. I just don't know if he, if, if Gabe Davis is going to be able to replace the the full value that a healthy John Brown gives you. So with that being said, I am sad that John Brown's gone. However, um, if you are to draft, you know, maybe a, a wide receiver, maybe a, a, a running back who, who can come out and, you know, play uh, wide out if he needs to, uh, can catch out the backfield, you know, can can do different things, can be versatile, can be a Swiss Army knife. Um, you know, that's why I'm all for Travis Etienne at 30. You know, I love the idea. I think that we need an influx of speed. We need an influx of young talent. 
uh, you know, dynamic talent that can change the, the way your offense looks. I'm also not opposed to Najee Harris. Now, <clears throat> I am a big fan of both Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, which is taboo to say that I want a, 30, a running back at 30 while also being a fan of them. But I don't think that, you know, our offense would necessarily like shun one of them you know I think that all three running backs can be productive you know we throw the ball so much uh you know Zach Moss and Devin Singletary are both pretty good pass blockers in my opinion I think that they both pick up the blitz quite well and I think that they can continue to do that if they get better um I love the idea of bringing in another guy that can you know pound the hole and uh you know run through differences and has breakaway speed for 440 uh, at the at the pro day at Clemson pro day it was Travis Etienne so I, I love the potential of that I think that uh, you know especially with our offensive line coming back fully and having a, a year of continuity under their belt uh, hopefully that they'll be able to fix some problems in the run game um, but we need better play out of our guards we need better guard play, and you know that I think that'll be the key to fixing our run game. However, Devin Singletary nor Zach Moss necessarily has you know speed to to make a lot of plays. You know, um, but Travis Etienne, and not only is he fast, but he's getting comparisons like Alvin Kamara, and Alvin Kamara is so good, it's scary. Like you watch that guy play and. It's so hard to bring him down. Like, you know, he's just shaking people off with no problem. Uh, Alvin Kamara is a problem, and and um, I think that Travis Etienne could be with our with our roster. You know, you you give Josh Allen a run game, or maybe you know I talked about this earlier. Josh's probably biggest weakness, in my opinion, is his lack of checkdowns. You know, he can throw that swing right out to the the you know uh, running back coming out the backfield, and he you know. Coming right out the backfield, you throw it to him, swing pass, that's 8 to 15 yards. I watch Brady do it. I watch Rodgers do it all the time. And that's something that Josh doesn't necessarily do because he's looking for the big play a lot. It's not always there. And by the time uh, he comes back to his check down, the opportunity is gone. Uh, but, you know, if you get it right out there soon, you know, you, you look off the safeties, look off the cornerbacks, um, whatever the case may be swing it right out to the running back and kind of let him do, you know, damage. And I feel like we have Zach Moss can do damage. I feel like Devin Singletary can do damage. If we have, you know, uh, one of those premium running backs, they could definitely do damage. Whether, I mean, it could be Jared Patterson from UB. He could do damage. You know, I I, I just think we need another playmaker on his offense, especially if you lose John Brown. I think you need another playmaker on his offense if you have John Brown. But now that you lose him, I think it's it's more than just a playmaker now. Now you need a dynamic playmaker. You need somebody who's going to be a difference maker. Um, and, you know, maybe Gabe, second year Gabe Davis can be that. But I think you need another one as well. Today, the New England Patriots signed quarterback Cam Newton into a one-year deal. Uh, worth up to about $14 million, I think the number was. Just while we're on the subject, Taysom Hill 
signed a four-year, $140 million deal. Um, apparently, like, the year is avoidable or something, and there's a big loophole, anything, something like that. I'm not sure. But in any case, that is a wild number, and I, I will see how that pans out. But in any case, Cam Newton signed a deal for a one-year deal. And he's going to be back as the Patriots quarterback next year, uh, barring a competition where he loses. But with no talent on that roster, as far as the offense goes, at least, um, I don't think there's going to be any quarterback that comes in and challenges him and beats him because I don't think any quarterback can do anything with what they had on offense last year. And they still ended up winning seven games. So I think that... That is a testament to Cam Newton, and I think that his circumstances were absolutely horrible. Um, I do wish for the best for Cam. Um, I do have to root against him anytime he plays while he's playing in the Patriots uniform, but <clears throat> I think that he gets a fair. Un, I, I think he gets an unfair shake. Now, with Cam Newton signing a one-year deal with the Patriots. The Dolphins and Jets have both been projected by multiple people to both take quarterbacks in the first round this year um it it, it looks like it, it could be a change in the guard in the AFC East uh at least for the next year the Buffalo Bills should have it locked up if uh if on paper everything is as it seems um the other franchises look you know quite you know just discombobulated um, I think Miami has a, a good roster. Uh, they need a quarterback. So if they were to select a quarterback and, and he's good, then, okay, that makes sense. But I don't know how much I would trust Tua out there, you know, leading my team. Um, but then again, you know, he could be the game manager like Josh Allen was in his second season and then, you know, let the talent take over from that point. But I would have to see it happen before I would just – you know, give him the benefit of the doubt. Because when I saw Josh do it, and I saw Josh become a game manager in the second season, I saw extreme amounts of talent in Josh's first uh, season. You know, we, we saw he could run. We saw he could let it fly. Um, we saw all of that. And then in the second season, he kind of took a step. Tua didn't have a good first season by any stretch of the imagination. He didn't have a, a good first season because he didn't have a bad first season because he took chances or, you know, because he was careless. But, you know, with a lot of promise, he just didn't show up like a lot of times. Like, you know, he he was just like gun shy. Um, he made poor decisions. I just wasn't impressed personally. And then, you know, when you're saying, you know, he, he didn't think it would be this easy. And he got humbled real quickly. A lot, you know, right after that, uh, you know, uh, benched multiple times for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, it's, it was a mess. Um, so I'm not quite confident in Miami's quarterback situation. Uh, I don't think that the Jets will be able to turn it around in in one year. Um, I do have respect for Robert Sala. Uh, I think that he wants to come to the Jets because he saw the whooping Josh Allen put on him when they played the 49ers. And he wants to try to get revenge, but he will just continue to get weapons, at least in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Um, like I said, I don't think that they can turn it around in one year. I think that Darnold is going to be probably as talented as any quarterback they're going to find in this draft, unless they're going to somehow get uh, Trevor Lawrence. 
Um, so I think wasting that pick on a quarterback would be pointless because if you don't have the pieces in place, it doesn't matter what quarterback you have under center, uh, it's, it's, it's not going to be pretty. So uh, I, I, the Bills should run away with the AFC East, barring, you know, the Dolphins just having an unreal free agency. Um, I don't think any of the other teams can come close, not with us returning all of our starters. Another year of continuity amongst the entire staff. Another year of continuity amongst the entire offense, the defense, the, you know, uh, we'll see what happens on special teams. Um, but it's it's looking good. It's, it's looking good. Um, I'm really excited. Uh, and it's just interesting to see what the Dolphins and the uh, Jets will do with those, you know, early first round picks. If they do want to take, you know, quarterbacks, it'd be very interesting considering they both have young quarterbacks. With today's signings, and not only the signings, but also the the uh, restructures as far as the pay cuts uh, from from the, those couple guys, what they really tell you is something that hasn't been able to be said in a very long time. But that's that people want to play in Buffalo. I love the passion that you know guys like Micah Hyde and Deion Dawkins. You know, I love the the passion they have when when talking about how. You know, people might diss Buffalo and say, oh, you don't want to go there because it's cold or whatever the case may be. But now we have a winner. You know, we, we play for a winner now. We have, we have a, a winner uh, franchise. We have a winner's mentality. We have a thriving organization. Um, and we deserve it as Bills fans. We went through 20 years of torment. Um, and it's about time. Uh, people want to play for a winner. Uh, New England. Green Bay, you know, those places are just as cold as Buffalo, but, you know, people want to go, people did want to go to New England uh, when Brady was there because, you know, that that's, that's what a winner looks like, you know, um, I don't know about Green Bay, um, some people want to go there, <laughs> but in any case, uh, you know, people want to come to Buffalo now, and, and hopefully that trend continues as long as I believe Josh is window is open as long as Josh keeps being Josh I feel like you know our Super Bowl window is open I feel like Josh Allen is our Super Bowl window and it's it's pretty exciting to have a franchise quarterback this is the first time in my life um as a 26 year old I can say that we have a franchise quarterback I can say that we have a quarterback I am confident in going into the game with week in and week out uh you know from week one to week 17 and through the playoffs, you know, which is only uh, my third time experiencing as far as being a Bills, a, you know, a cognizant, you know, conscious Bills fan. Uh, you know, I might have been like four the last time we made the playoffs, you know, before uh, 2017. So, you know, it's, it's been a long time. It's been a long time coming. And I think that all Bills fans can feel me when I say that. It, it feels good, you know, and we get to rejoice in just having a franchise that is competent, a franchise that knows what it's doing. Uh, Brandon Bean is a magician and John McDermott gets all of the guys. He gets the best out of everybody, you know, and 
We just happen to draft guys who are, you know, raw, but uber talented, like a Josh Allen, like a Tyler Bass, like a Dawson Knox, like a, you know, a Corey Bohorquez, uh, like a Devin Singletary. Uh, you know, these guys are just oozing with talent and they just needed, they just needed to be honed. They just needed to be, you know, put in the right development. And this is the right development. This is the place, you know, uh, when was the last time, you know, a Bill's coordinator was up for a head coaching job now we have two of them Leslie Frazier he doesn't get as much uh maybe media sensation as Brian Dayball gets <laughs> but yeah, I mean he's I don't I don't want to necessarily say a better coach than Brian Dayball but he most certainly has a better track record than Brian Dayball as far as as a as a resume with the Buffalo Bills go Brian Dayball has had this defense you know, uh, as, as one of the top defenses in the NFL year in and year out, even this year, when we weren't that great to start the season, uh, you know, we, we were dealing with a ton of injuries and then toward the end of the season, we actually bounced back and we were, we were still one of the better defenses in the NFL. So, you know, it, it goes to speak to the culture, you know, Brandon Bean has changed the culture. Sean McDermott has changed the culture and, it's a culture that we can finally be proud of as Bills fans. And um, I'm just so excited for the future. Uh, I'm excited for the future in a lot of different ways. Uh, you know, Buffalo has a lot to look forward to. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's a really exciting time. So we'll see what, uh, you know, what moves Brandon Bean has up his sleeves next. Um, some free agents. I would love to see him go after guys like you know, Carl Lawson, uh, you know, uh, I don't necessarily want to say John Smith, but, um, you know, a, a tight end would be nice. I think that Zach Hurst is going to get released soon. Uh, the Eagles are saying that they want a third and a third or a fourth round picker or something like that for him. But, uh, you know, I don't necessarily think anybody's going to take on the contract he's currently under. Uh, but if he were to get released, um, and you know, wants to come play for a winner, uh, wanted to go back to Super Bowl, absolutely would love to have Zach Ertz. Would love to have, you know, a veteran guy to show Dawson Knox the how to be a, a, an elite, you know, uh, an elite tight end. So, uh, you know, I'm, look, I'm, I'm looking at guys like that. I definitely think we need to improve the quarterback, uh, the uh, backup quarterback position if we should need a designated survivor this year as far as somebody to sit out, uh, you know, in case the quarterback room gets COVID so we don't have a Denver Broncos situation where we just don't have a quarterback. Um, but I, 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 we, we obviously need to improve in some positions, but if there is any man you, you should trust to be able to get it done, it's Brandon Bean. So we'll see what happens. He's got three years of nothing but good decisions on it, on his uh, resume and making the team better three years in a row. And hopefully this will be the fourth year in a row that, you know, him and Josh can both continue to improve. Uh, thank you guys for listening to Windchill Factor Podcast. This is Justice Radford. I really appreciate every one of you guys for listening. Peace.